Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. My name is Ryan Miner. You're listening to a minor detail on blogtalkradio.com. We've been sort of taking a brief sabbatical. We had to get over the election results, and I, oh, I had to wallow in mourning. I'm sorry. Eric, Eric Beasley, my colleague, is with me. Eric, are you there? Where's Eric? Eric can never seem to get this damn thing working. Eric, where are you? Hello, Eric. Oh, okay. Eric's having technical difficulties as usual, but we got a, quite a lineup tonight. Uh, we're going to talk about the autopsy report, as we call it. We're going to talk about what had happened in the 2016 election cycle. We're going to talk about why why Trump won. Why I, you know, I, I didn't think the guy was going to win. We're going to talk about local races, who won and lost. And then we're going to talk about in Frederick County. And we're going to talk about, oh, we might have Derek Delegate, Montgomery County Delegate, Democrat Delegate, Eric Lukey. He might be uh, joining us tonight because uh, I've been calling him out um, for his specious attacks or calls on the governor to uh <laughs> to renounce this violence oh eric's here hello yeah. hey man sorry this hi eric skype hates me yeah i know it really does hate you i think it's a conspiracy so what... it's obviously the uh it's obviously the, the cia and the russians so i'm smoking a cigar and drinking scotch while i'm doing the show Okay. Good call. That probably makes Yeah, I mean, I went out tonight and bought Kim and I bought an air purifier tonight at Lowe's. We were up in your neck of the woods in Frederick County and we went to we had dinner tonight at Texas Roadhouse with my dad and the kids. And so uh I'm sitting here smoking a really great cigar, scotch and doing this show. So <clears throat> we might have a Eric, we have a hell of a lineup tonight. So you know what? Why don't you we have kick all it kinds off? of stuff? We haven't we haven't had a show for like you know for like two weeks, and apparently everybody decided to like you know stop taking their meds in the last two weeks. Really? Yeah, everything's been crazy in politics. Haven't you noticed just uh, like just constant insanity at this point? Um, so I guess we, you, so. Are we going to start with uh, with Frederick County? I assume. Yeah, go ahead. What's going on in Frederick County? Well. We'll go to Frederick County first, and then we'll come back to talking about the dreaded election, and we'll talk about why Trump won, why I never saw it coming. And like everybody else in this country, I was only relying on what the polls were telling me, and the polls were wrong. Nate Silver was wrong, and I love Nate Silver. He's a mathematical – well, a statistical genius, and everything just went to shit, and I'm sorry, um, but you know, I'm going to give Donald Trump a chance. I didn't vote for him, and I'm not particularly thrilled with some of his latest uh, appointments. But, you know, Eric, we give everybody a fair shake on this show, and we're going to do that with the president-elect and respect the office that uh, deserves to be respected. With that said, every step of the way that if he does – Nate Silver didn't get it wrong, okay? All he did – because he deals in probabilities. Right. You know, it's like I mean, look at Freakonomics, for example. There's a perfect example. Okay, statistically speaking, a sumo wrestler that is seven and six should beat a sumo wrestler that is six and seven. 
you know, a majority of the time, but in fact, they don't, you know, that this is just part of statistics. We deal in probabilities, not necessarily in like defining outcomes. So, but we, right. we can talk about that later. Frederick County has been really busy over the last two weeks. Going on. So, uh, Let's start with the good news, because the bad news is going to make everybody very angry. Um, so uh, I think it was last uh, last was it Tuesday. I uh, attended the first political fundraiser of 2018 um, here in, here in Frederick County. It was an event for uh, Danny Farrar, who's going to be running for state delegate in District Four, um, and it was a it was a pretty awesome event. I have to say, I was uh, you know it, it the the room was not very big, but it was definitely packed. And uh, as I kind of mentioned, uh, you know, in the article that I wrote on the on, the, on a minor detail, um, the demographics of this crowd was the exact opposite of what you and I are used to seeing. Um, you know, like when when you and I go to a political fundraiser, I mean, you and I are the outliers because we're under forty. Um, this political fundraiser was, you know, I'd 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 say half the people had visible tattoos. Um, Good. Say half of them had. Um, large had beards that were not a result of no shave november i mean they had you know beards. i'm doing a no mine. shave november i got quite the beard going on eric right now <laughs> good we'll have to compare we'll have to do a a, a compare picture i've got about okay. a, i've got about an inch though of a fuzz on my face right now but i got ahead oh nice um i like that and uh um but in and everybody in this crowd was you know like i said it was the only the only people over 40 were like the county mainstays, people like Joe Parsley um, that are go to all of these sorts of fundraisers. And so I was very, I mean, it was a very enthusiastic crowd. I sat there in the back. I probably saw 15, 20 of these people sign up to volunteer for uh, Danny when the, when the campaign really kicks off. And so I tell you what, people like Danny Farrar can keep attracting those sorts of people and he can spread, you know, a little bit of small government republicanism, you know, messaging, um, then there might be hope for races, right. especially districts anywhere. So for the people who don't know anything about Danny, and, and that might be a, a wide variety of this audience, introduce him. Tell, tell us who Danny Farrar is, his background, what he has done, and uh, what he hopes to do and where he's running. Yeah, okay, so uh, so Danny Farrar is uh, – um, he's the he's the guy who started Soldier Fit. Um, it's a it's a basically a gym oh, franchise. Um, right. I, the, I believe they have places the, in uh, Columbia, Gaithersburg, uh, Frederick, uh, and I think they have something down like Manassas, somewhere down in Virginia. Um, of course, I of course I, I reacted surprised, but yes, Soldier Fit is one of the <laughs> most successful fitness ventures um, in in the state of Maryland, and it's growing. And uh, Danny is responsible for creating this. We're talking about a a Republican who creates actual jobs in in the state of Maryland. Danny is a a poster child for that. Sorry, I had to interrupt because I I think it's I think it's just a this. I'm sorry, Eric. Danny's narrative is so wonderful, and I know you're going to to enumerate this, but this is a guy that we need in office, and I'll. I'll let you go ahead. Sorry, I had to interject. Absolutely. So, so that that's what he's doing right now. But what Danny used to do, Danny was in the in the in the military. He was in the army, I believe. Um, if I say this wrong, he's gonna like make me do a lot of push-ups. I'm pretty sure he was infantry. Um, so he was in combat arms. He saw. I know for sure he was in Iraq. Um, you know, 
spent probably a year ish, some something like that over there. Um, I don't know how many tours. I don't know if he went to Afghanistan as well. So, so, sorry, Danny, if you listen to this, um, but uh, basically he's a he's a combat vet, um, yeah. and he's running for office. And he is hands down. He is he. Th- my favorite part about listening to him speak was he so. Danny does not look like your typical politician <laughs> no. in, in any way, shape, or form. And okay. he doesn't try he's to. He's got be. full sleeve tattoos. Yeah, he, he's, he has a beard, which, you know, if you, if, you ta- if you listen to Don Murphy's campaign rules, you can't get elected with a beard unless you're Christian Neely. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, he's, he, and he's got a funny-looking haircut. He's got a, he's got a haircut that you'd expect from somebody with tattoos and a beard. Um, and so I think, uh, you know, but he has, he has a great story, you know, being in the military and then basically all of the trials and tribulations that he faced essentially dealing with his demons post-military. Um, you know, he, 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 he there's a really great line that he said during uh, his fundraiser, you know, that he knows what it means to be homeless. He knows what it means to be eating other people's trash. And he's been there and he's done that. And he thinks that he can provide some, you know, some real world solutions based on real world experiences. Um, and uh, it was, it was extremely refreshing. I mean, he, he pretty much, I, I hate to make the comparison because it's not fair to Danny, but basically what he did is he took on the whole concept of the political establishment, the political elites, you know, in a way that, you know, obviously we saw a little bit of in 2016, but he did it without being an asshole. Um, <laughs> so, so he's running in you know, I, which, which so he's okay. Danny's going to be running in in 2018 in a Republican primary, and Frederick County's District Four, and it is the same district okay. that is currently occupied by another well-known veteran, um, uh, Marine Corps veteran um, David Vogt, who Vogt. we on this uh, show and Vogt, on our blog Vogt, have. Yeah, good. We have tremendous respect for for Delegate Vote and his service. Um, in fact, Delegate Vote was, I think, in 2010, if I remember correctly, he was voted the Marine of the Year by the Military Times Magazine. Is that correct, Eric? Yep, that's it. Yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, uh, it was from back when he was in uh, San Diego. Um, they do it. They do a, like a competition like that every year. Military Times. You know, it's a. It's kind of the. Uh, the unofficial, the, the not DOD endorsed newspaper of the military. Um, so, um, yeah, that, and that, so, um, you know, basically, so what, what it's looking like is, you know, Danny Farrar is going to be running district four. Um, yeah. of course that covers, basically it's a horseshoe around Frederick city. So it's places like mm-hmm. Brunswick, Middletown, Thurmont, down into Mount Airy, and then, um, a little section of Carroll County. Um, it, the current incumbents on the delegate side, of course, are uh, David Vogt, uh, Barry Silberti, and Kathy F. Daly. Um, and so we'll see who ends up filing in that race. Um, you know, of course, I'm sure, Ryan, you've heard the same rumors that I have, but uh, let's, save, let's save those rumors for a better time. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> I think you and I both kind of know who's going to be running in that race. Uh, give it a week or two. Um, and maybe we'll write something, but uh, which race? So that's so. Are you hold on? You mean oh, and the, you mean this Bob, to you? I'm not allowed to. It's your highness. Oh. <laughs> Call me by the proper title. Oh, your the, highness! Uh, your I only highness. got I only got one of those, and she's yeah. uh, she's a blonde, and she works over at Fort Dietrich. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, your highness. Yes. Oh, sorry. I delegate your highness. That's how I should put it. Yes, delegate. <laughs> Delegate, I'm glad she married a man, Kathy Abzali. 
so uh so yeah um, i mean i don't who knows if she's actually going to run you know there's been um as i wrote today there's been rumors that she won't even be running in that race but uh you know i think this is i think this is the important thing the important thing is that danny farrar is running it looks like he has he started early he started assembling a team um his campaign manager um so i i found this out as, as i was powwowing his campaign manager is actually the marketing director for soldier fit um so yeah. I would, you know, pretty much, in, in, at least in my opinion, I think that marketing and campaigning are pretty much hand in hand in many ways. And so I'm, yeah. you know, if, 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 if their campaign is half as good as soldier fit marketing is, I think that he's going to, he's going to tear this election up. Well, we'll see. I, I, I'm supporting Danny and we're going to support him on this show. Um, and let's just say that we know that there are, attacks that are already being preempted against Danny's campaign um, by the Huff Azali team. And, and let me, t- let me say this, um, knowing the way that Michael Huff campaigns and knowing the way, understanding how Huff is on the, on the take, so to speak, to, to push his, to push his style of conservatism into the state party uh, he he is going to, I would say, I'd say he's going to fight back against Danny, and we already know that he's already launching some attacks, and and that's why I believe that Danny's probably getting started pretty quickly um, to combat some of the negative stuff. And I would just say to this to Michael Huff, and to his people, and to Joey Lynn, who, from what we understand, is also considering running for state delegate in District Four. Um, you know, the Huff team, that's a rumor. It's a rumor. It's, it's, I haven't substantiated it. It's just a rumor. It's one of those political gossip things that has gone around in Frederick County and around the state. But let me say this to the Huff team, if they intend to besmirch Danny's character in any way whatsoever, we will, we will be there to assist with a minor detail to rebuke those attacks and we will come out strong. And I'll say that respectfully, that if the Huff team, who is known for playing dirty and for being dirty, have done it to you, Eric, they've done it to our friends, and they will probably do it again. And when they come under fire, um, their only way to move forward is to attack someone's character, and it's not gonna, and that dog's not going to hunt this time. And I say that, oh, yeah, and but, for, I will for. No. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to forward go that far, Ryan. No, I let them. What are you going to do? You are you going to? I mean, I would love, I would love to see the the Huff mailer that says, you know, Danny should not be elected because he went and he shot people and he got shot at for our country while serving in uniform, and he had a hard time adjusting to life as a civilian. I would yeah. love for Michael Huff to send out that mailer because what it does is it shows it basically, it proves what it, it proves every rumor about Michael Huff's character. True. That's what it does. It proves everything that people like you and me say about him. It proves it for the entire world to see so that now everybody, you know, we sit here saying, you know, you know, um, <laughs> Patty Brown, one of the hosts over here in Frederick County calls him power ranger. Okay. And there's many other, like, you know, basically names. Why do they call him that? But uh, because he's hungry for power. That's that's why. Oh, and, power, and power range. Range. 
But so, but basically, if he goes through and attacks Danny on the things that you know would work against your typical politician, Danny's going to sit there and be like, "Yeah, so." Like, that's what happens when people vote to send kids to war. They come back, and it's, sometimes it's a little hard to adjust, okay? Like, that, that's the only response that needs to be said. And quite where would frankly, you gauge so Danny's politics? What would you, where, would you ga- where would you put them? Is he a libertarian, conservative, moderate? What, what kind of Republican is Danny? I would def- I'd, I'd put him in the pragmatist category. Um, if I had to make a good – if I had to make a comparison, I would kind of compare him – he reminds me a lot of Bill Folden, and it's not just because they're both uh, vets, um, but very kind of in that like you – know, like if there was a common-sense political party, I would put him right in there. Um, you know, but a lot of he, – he has – I've seen a lot of stuff. He, he talks a lot about like you know, small government, uh, regulation. Um, <laughs> I was joking with, uh, with a certain uh, random political person who was sitting in the back of the fundraiser with me. Um, it all came back to jobs. It like it just reminded me. It was it was very like Hogan talking point. You know, let's talk about jobs. Let's talk about regulation. Let's talk about putting people back to work. Um, you know, it was very straightforward. There was nothing. There was no controversial. There's no polarizing issues. I mean, essentially, based on my my read from the event, quite frankly, if you voted for Larry Hogan, that there's absolutely no reason why you should not vote for Danny Farrar. Um, kind of the okay, same, same general category. We're gonna have Danny you know, on and, the and show some. We'll have Danny on the show sometime soon. Um, I'm glad you were able to cover it for a minor detail. I know a lot of people read that article and gave you great props. It was a, it was a nice write-up. It was a kickoff event. We're going to cover his race, and we're going to be rooting for him, and we're going to do so and, uh, and point out um, Danny's campaign as he, as he moves along. It's good. Two years, you know, look, the, the big yeah. presidential election is over. we got to focus on 2018, and this is – this is the time that we start ramping up. So, absolutely, and we need to ramp up with good people this time, um, with good candidates, and you know, hopefully, you know, there's a lot of seats that need to be flipped in uh, here in Maryland. We've got a lot of local elections. We've got county seats. We've got state senate seats. We've got state delegates. All that stuff. There's there's a lot of work to be done, and starting now can do nothing but make it easier. Well, we're going to make Frederick County great again. Uh, in in 2018, so uh, I just hope that. So you know, if if Donald Trump has a successful, and I think it's trickled down. I think if the president-elect Trump sworn into office. Oh wait, hold on, right, right. I have a fan comment. Hold on. Um, oh, what <laughs> concerning Danny Farrar? Um, I expect Danny Farrar understands the Second Amendment better than Larry Hogan. Who says that? <laughs> Random fan. I'll concede that point to uh, the person out there on the internet. You are. Danny I know Farrar, who that is. That's, that's, yes, Danny Farr is a big Second Amendment guy. Um, I believe he does okay. actually have a concealed uh, carry permit, and so uh, I guess that could be that'd be one significant differentiator between them. Um, if you're, if that is your belief, um, I ain't gonna tell you. I'm not gonna tell you you're right or wrong, but you know there are there is a good chunk of folks in the state that do that do feel that Larry Hogan has not been solid enough on the Second Amendment. He's two years in. I understand their point, but relax, okay? We're all we're all hoping that Larry does does make a move in that direction, but re, but 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 stay tuned, hang with him, and and let's. You know, I I understand their concerns. I I get it, but just you know, kind of 
Yeah, no, I'm, like, I'm, I'm with you. Okay, I, I would like to see some action, but you know, heck, honestly, if Trump passes national right to carry reciprocity, it ain't going to matter anymore. Well, we'll um, see. <laughs> I, you know, Trump has said a lot of things, and I, uh, he's already walking back some of his policies that he committed to during the campaign. But we'll see. So let's move on to another Frederick County so issue. Of, we have some other very interesting happenings here in Frederick yeah, County. Yeah, I don't know. I don't um, know too much about again, Frederick County decided to start taking stupid pills apparently this morning. Um, <laughs> so uh, I thought this was great. Um, there was an article in the Frederick News Post today about some uh, changes to the Frederick County Republican Central Committee bylaws, and essentially, um, I guess the the, the Cliff Notes version is that a. Uh, these bylaw changes essentially make it so that members of the central committee cannot un, uh, disclose, you know, private information from closed sessions, and they cannot um, harass other members of the central committee. You know, kind of like the the things that normal adults know how to do. Uh, basically, the central committee is uh, passed the code of conduct and added um, you have to act like an adult and not an angry teenager um, into their bylaws. So why was this passed? So while this is definitely a, uh, um, you know, Eric, why a little bit of time. I tell you what, I'll, I'll be honest, Ryan. I've, I heard rumors about this whole thing happening a while ago. Okay, um, but why? However, I didn't publish anything because I wanted to give it a little bit of time. I wanted to give it, you know, I, I was waiting for the bylaw changes to actually happen before we had reported on it. But apparently somebody decided to leak the bylaws um, to the Frederick News Post. You know, the somebody decided. The hold on. Somebody decided to leak the bylaws to the Frederick News Post. Is that someone who currently sits on the Republican Central Committee? Okay, Eric has cut out. Um, <laughs> we're having technical difficulties, so Eric is back. Uh, Eric, can you hear me? No, but I can. Are you taking callers? Um, who is this? My name's Joe. Joe. Okay. Hi, Joe. Uh, Eric has cut out. Yes. Um, so Joe, what's your last caller? name? Yeah. What's your last name, Joe? Never mind my last name. Joe, what's your last name? Um, we have to don't be transparent. Don't talk to me though you have a show. Excuse me? I don't have to give you my last name. This is the internet. Okay. Well, this is a minor detail, and we're transparent on this show, but what do you want to say? I want to find out if you're going to talk about Hillary and Trump like it says in your description page. Okay, we're going to talk about that, but this is a minor detail. We have an hour and a half to two hours to talk about whatever we want, and we'll get to it. So uh, why don't you come back to us when, you're, when, you're, when we get back to that, okay? Eric, are you with me? Yeah, I think, uh, I think that was a, the wind knocked out our cell tower briefly. Oh, somebody did just called in. It was really – it was a bit strange, and they wanted to talk about Hillary and Trump, and they were uh, they like demanded. So I said, "Call back when 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 we talk about that." This is a minor detail. Joe refused to give his last name, and on a minor detail, we're transparent. So um, I appreciate him yeah, calling that's in. That's why everybody that's why everybody just messages me what they want to say if they don't want to have their name attached to it. No, that's fine, but. We always put our name to it. Anyway, Joe, if you're listening, please call back later when we get to the Trump Hillary. Um, anyway, Eric, you said where somebody had. Off, Excuse me. Where, where, where did I get cut off? Uh, you had said um, 
you had said that somebody uh, from the Frederick County Republican Central Committee has apparently leaked their bylaws to the Frederick News Post. And my question to you is, is this – obviously this is a person that sits on the, the Republican Central Committee. Is that correct? Absolutely. Look, Ryan, I, I've, I've been trying since I first heard the rumors about some proposed bylaws to get a copy of these bylaws to be able to see. I just knew kind of generally there were going to be some changes introduced that were going to essentially address the numerous problems that they've been having at the Central Committee over the last right. year. And that's all that I knew. And okay. all of so, the many, many people, the, the, a number of people that I talked to on the Central Committee, none of them would give me a copy of the bylaws. Suddenly, the bylaws proposed because, because confidentiality, okay, because, you know, the action, they were like, okay, it's going to be happening. You know, it was essentially what the, the, the committee was, they were just letting me, making sure that I was aware that there was a story happening and that there were going to be some changes. Okay. okay. So then let me just interject to- very quickly. And I might be wrong. I may not have all of the I, – I, let me just say this. Two years ago, I had the same fight with the Washington County Republican Central Committee where I asked for the bylaws, and a member of its committee refused to give me a copy of the bylaws. And I said, I'm a Republican. You're an elected body. You're required by the state constitution to have a public set of bylaws of which I have the right to ask for. And so okay, I had Ryan, to ask – Brian, go ahead. These are, these are proposed changes. Okay. Oh, proposed they haven't changes. been okay. passed. I've jumped again. Right? These are proposed changes. Yeah, you're, you're jumping okay. the gun. That's why I'm, I'm – you know, calm down there, Bueller. Um, <laughs> all I'm right. fine. So, I'm just, I'm, okay, go ahead. I just wanted to say Bueller. Um, but, uh, but no, so, so these are proposed changes. And so the meeting, I believe, is happening tomorrow. Um, to actually vote on these bylaw changes. Of course, it's a closed session. That's how meetings like this happen. You don't change bylaws in, in public for a central committee. Um, now, of course, I'm sure there's, there's an argument against central committees having any sort of privacy because they are government-funded, but you know that's just not how it works. Like, I'm with you, but it's not how it works. Um, and so basically, so essentially somebody, and somebody on the central committee has been leaking information to the Frederick News Post and this isn't the first time that they did it. This first actually happened a couple months ago uh, when there was this, there's this whole like, like hubbub about the central committee wanted to basically contribute money to the Trump campaign, give them a loan or something like that. But because a uh, County central committee is not actually registered with FC, FEC at the federal level, they're not allowed to do that. So the state party stepped in and cut the check for the, the uh, central committee. Okay. That became a whole thing in the, with the Frederick News Post and whatnot. But here is the thing is none of my Central Committee member contacts are talking to me very much right now, especially about this specific topic, because there's a lot of, uh, I guess, posturing going on. But if you look at the information that's out there, um, you can pretty much clearly see that the Frederick News Post was given internal Central Committee documents. They were just literally handed them over. And they were okay. handed them over because somebody thought that it would be politically advantageous for them to basically attack, you know, uh, Billy Shreve. Um, which, look, <laughs> I'm, I'm far from a defender of Billy Shreve, but you know, when it comes to something, I'd rather attack him on real issues, not crap like this. Um, but 
So that so that's number one that happened is basically somebody's been leaking information on the central committee. Uh, didn't they while. leak him to Red Maryland too? Uh, who? Well, <laughs> who's that? I've never heard of him. Oh, I only okay. read legitimate, valid news sources from Maryland people that report on the facts. So I don't know who you're talking about. But okay, um, but 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 we did hear that they <laughs> they leaked it to Red Maryland. I I wouldn't know. Um, okay. This was this was my favorite part about the leak, right? And you probably remember this because this was one of your very first shows. All right. Uh-huh. Back what a year, two years ago, the the Huffzali Hydra was very angry that somebody told me and a bunch of other local Republicans where they were having their closed meeting to appoint a replacement delegate for now Secretary Kelly Schultz. <laughs> so, so. Think about that. So back it back two years ago, confidentiality was a huge deal, and they were so mad that you know their little hiding place was revealed, and that yeah. we were able to go there and hold signs in front of their office. And so back then it was you know it was a witch hunt. Back then you okay. know Joey Linhoff was trying to figure out you know who leaked the who leaked this, who told them where they were. Yet now that the role is reversed, and the Huffzali wants when they when the Huffzali wants confidentiality then they demonize everybody that could even think about violating it. But when the tables are turned, hypocrites. All right. So here's a basic question for people who are listening. Why should we, why should any of us care about this? Uh, Because Joey Lynn Huff wants to run for state delegate and her husband is Michael Huff, state Senator, who's been, you know, put sticking his finger in every election in Frederick County for the last two years. Okay. I mean, think about it when, you know, basically, Joey Lynn Huff being on the Central Committee means that Michael Huff's on the Central Committee. Um, so sure. if that's what you like, if you like that brand of politics, if you like the brand of, you know, base, I mean, and, and really, Ryan, you and I proved it, okay, with, with Michael Huff, it, it's not your ideology that matters, okay? You know, he endorsed a Republican for Brunswick City Council that had basically the same political, that, had, that was more moderate than David Brinkley, the person whom he viciously attacked during an entire primary. Okay, so obviously it's not Are you about referring to Von political. Ripley? Yes, I'm referring to Von Ripley. Okay. okay. So obviously it's not about a real, you know, it, it, it's not about, there's no political litmus test. There's no belief system. It's more like fealty. Okay, that's what it's about. And if that's what you want in your county, then, you know, you can just go ahead and ignore this. But if you would like to actually, you know, have a central committee that's interested in getting Republicans elected, not their friends elected, then this is, you know, who you need to you need to be vocal and outspoken and pay attention to this. Okay. So where does Billy Shreve come into this? And the article you wrote today touches upon a few internal issues. So what's what's the end game here? What's what's going to be the outcome? Well, the end game is that the Huffzali, um, the the rumors that I'm hearing are that the Huffzali believes that Billy Shreve is actually going to try to run for county county executive. And the other rumors that are swirling, I, I've heard all kinds of things. You never know these days. Um, the most important thing is that, that that's just one aspect. The most important part of the rumor mills here in Frederick County right now is that Kathy F. Valley wants to run for county executive. Yeah. And in my opinion, this entire article was just a setup um, in order to get basically more positive statements out of Kathy Avzali, you know, she, Kathy Avzali likes to pretend that she's some sort of like consensus builder, some sort of like 
moderate and fair voice in the Republican Party. But right. I mean, she's she's just another she, – there's a reason why we call it the Huff Solly, okay, because yeah. Michael Huff and Kathy Huff Sally. Like, oh, Eric. <laughs> she's part of this whole nasty politics thing. Oh, she's nasty. She is nasty, and I'll give you an example. Before you read the text, and it sounds like you already have, yes, I take full ownership of the text, and I'm proud of the text. I beg your pardon? As a matter of fact, I think I think it would be, I think it would should be embarrassing for WFMD mm-hmm. to allow people to behave like this on the air. First mm-hmm. and foremost, mm-hmm. I don't remember getting an invitation from you mm-hmm. or from some of the other shows to come on the air and talk about what I do, talk about the work that I do. Mm-hmm. All I hear on these shows are people going to extraordinary means wow. to trash myself and Senator Huff. Oh, <laughs> you know, it's, I know it's like, so, so for, for the background on that, that was an interview that, uh, Kathy Zally had called into uh, WFMD's uh, mid Maryland life with Tim May and Frank Mitchell, um, back. That was right after she had spent a, uh, she, she, she had basically spent a whole charity event, uh, that was, themed with like anti-bullying um yeah. sending vague text messages like it, like she's arguing over a boy in high school uh to sheriff chuck jenkins who's you know there's a re- let's just say this there's a reason why sheriff jenkins gets like 65 percent of the vote across frederick county it's because he's yeah. the most popular republican in the county he does his job damn well and so delegate at valley decided to sit around and beg text him and say a whole bunch of little nasty, you know, little quips. Um, and he didn't even know who she was. That was the best part. You know, Jenkins just starts getting these random text messages from somebody who's texting about, like, what's going on in this event. And, yeah. like, and, then, and then she says that she's proud of it. Like, that's the mentality at the Huffzali is I'm proud of being – I'm proud of just being a, a, a raging bully. Okay, yeah. I'm proud of of of, of doing this to She's like mean. The, the most popular probably. Yeah, and then and then she complained. I remember talking to uh, Tim actually after that show, and all those little uh huhs uh huhs that you're hearing are actually him like bashing his head against the table because he's so like annoyed by what she's saying. Like it's like all she had to do is apologize, but instead she doubled down. I mean that's yeah. the Huffsolly playbook right there. You mess up. Okay, and you don't apologize because you're like you think that you're an infallible god. Yeah, Eric, let's go back so, to the Central Committee stuff. So it, it appears that there's speculation that Joey Lynn Huff, the wife of Senator Michael Huff, the former chairwoman of the Frederick County Republican Central Committee, and possibly a future candidate for Republican in the Republican primary for state delegate in 2018 in District Four. Who would, incidentally, run against Danny, our friend Danny that we discussed earlier in the show? There is speculation that she may be leaking the Frederick County Republican Central Committee, the amended changes to the bylaws, to the Frederick News Post. Um, to and, assist. and she leaked financial information well, as well re- months ago. Somebody did. I, now, I'm not going to say that it was her. Let's, I don't uh, know let's, who it was. Let's let's uh, let's make sure we say that it's been reported or that it putatively she may have leaked that document. We don't know for sure. And we're not going to we're not going to say that. But uh, but here's you know, what I can it, it would, tell you. Wanna, well, this is the kind of what I can tell you about Joey Lynn. Sorry. So 
Now you remember when we when I started going to the central communities and started covering them, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I do. So I started going to central committee meetings, not because I just randomly woke up one morning and said, you know, I think I'm going to go to a central committee meeting. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I went. not that fun. <laughs> no, they're not. They're really boring. Okay. And, and honestly, like, you know, Frederick Aird is not the best facility. It's a fight sometimes for chairs there. Yeah. But I, w- I started going because I was asked by a member of the central committee to start attending these meetings. Right. And the reason being, according to this member of the Central Committee, was that in the previous month's session, Joey Lynn Huff got up, was basically arguing with another member of the Central Committee, got up from her seat, and got in the face of this other Central Committee member, like right Mm -hmm. up in, like face-to-face, and was yelling and screaming and berating this fellow member of the committee. Okay, no, that's not nice at all. After that, Joy Lynn Huff stormed out of the meeting in a tizzy, and basically <laughs> what this member of the committee thought, this anonymous person who emailed me privately and confidentially, said, I think that if you're there, that she wouldn't even think about doing that because you would write a story and you would report on it. So well, good. I started I mean, going to the keeping... meeting, right? We're keeping them honest. I mean, we're, well, actually, what me being there apparently is keeping the central committee safe from physical harm, uh, based on this story that I heard. Um, <laughs> but it was it was very funny, Ryan, because I went to one meeting and I think Joey Lynn Huff might have said like one word, and then the next meeting I went to, she said like two words, yeah. and apparently the central committee all loved it. Um, yeah. I, I, so I, I haven't been able to go for a little while, but uh, I'm definitely going to be there at the next public meeting, that's for sure. Yeah, well, that's – yeah, so we'll keep an eye on the Huffs, and we're going we're gonna to keep an eye on Frederick County politics. And for people that are f- first tuning in to a minor detail, and I know that some are first-time listeners, and I want to say we – Eric and I, we, we try to cover as much state news as possible, but we really engineer the show. Uh, there's a – there's a lack of news in Montgomery, uh, Frederick, Washington, Carroll, some in Baltimore, Washington, Allegheny, and Garrett. And we're really trying to focus on the western part of the state, but we do try to cover all facets of news. And, you know, if we find a story, uh, Eric and I just so happen to be from <laughs> the western half of the, of, of the state of Maryland. And that's where um, we derive a majority of our news, but we're going to work to expand that. Um, and that's just and and but but we, we will say this is that the most interesting the most interesting politics often occur in the western half of the state for people who are first listening, um, and, and we'll get to more of that down down where I live here in Montgomery County. Um, it's such a big it's it, it's you know it's the size of Detroit the city or bigger, and it's a county of over a million people. So there's there's lots of news to be made. But Eric and I really try to focus on some of the the counties, the county politics where we grew up, where where we live and where we, we operate in political circles or <laughs> me, maybe not so much anymore because I'm so fed up with politics. But we're going to cover this <laughs> and uh, we're going to keep we'll, we'll keep you in tune. But, Eric, I want to move on to another issue that uh, that has been recently discussed in that um, delegate Eric. Lutke, and I think I, I may be saying his name wrong. If I am saying his name wrong, I do apologize because I do have respect for 
from the delegate um, from Montgomery County who we're doing, has we're doing our best. We're doing our best, I promise. And Delegate Eric and I have gone back and forth over the last few days about he is he he wrote a letter to Governor Hogan on his official state delegate stationery, calling on him to come out publicly, make a speech or or hold some sort of press conference or issue a statement using social media or whatnot to denounce and condemn the the hate-filled violent attacks um, uh, that they claim are being perpetuated against uh, Trump's uh, uh, against people of <laughs> Democrats and whatnot. So somebody's calling in, and I hope this is a delegate because we're going to talk to him tonight. So I'm going to patch somebody in. Hello. Hey, Ryan. It's Eric Lutke. Hey, Eric. Delegate Lukey, thanks for joining us. I'm glad you came on tonight. Sure. Yeah, we need to call him delegate because it'll get confusing otherwise. <laughs> yeah, All right, yeah. delegate. I, was, I, kept, I so, kept thinking you were talking about me when I was listening to your show earlier because you kept talking uh, Eric. <laughs> so, delegate, I just want to preface this conversation with to say that uh, you and I have been uh, Twitter friends for a while, and I have a tremendous amount of respect for you. And I, I'm not even I'm not even sure that um, this issue is, is is like a huge pressing issue, but I think we just have a slight disagreement. And I'm glad you came on because I think we're gonna I think we can talk about it. And um, it's so much easier to talk talk these issues out. And uh, you you had recently you mean rather you had, rather than get in a flame war on Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> no, no, you're you're exactly right. And here, you know what we do and. Look, we're we're congenial people, and we we like to discuss issues and and iron these out. But you recently wrote a letter to Governor Hogan that had called on yep. him to condemn some of the, um, uh, you know, the violence that is going on. And I think it's I think it's fair, obviously. But can you tell us a little bit about the letter? Sure. Uh, you know, the I, I think to set the context, right? I think there's an undeniable increase in hate crimes across the country, right? The Southern Poverty Law Center, which is kind of the Clearinghouse for collecting information about hate crimes counted more than 700 between Election Day and, and November 16th, and you know the, the those are all kinds of hate crimes. So like 27 of those crimes were targeted towards Trump supporters, um, but most of them had to do with people being targeted based on their race, their religion, uh, the fact that they're an immigrant, whatever. Um, and I think you know everybody should be concerned about it and. You know, Larry Hogan, I, I, don't, I disagree with the guy on a lot of politics. I don't think he's a bad guy. But I've been really frustrated that he hasn't said anything about this. Um, so I wrote a letter asking him to do something. Okay. And let me ask you this. What do you think the reason – do you think there's a reason why the governor has not said anything? And, you know, what, what's, your, what's your point of view from that, from that perspective? I, you know, I, I wouldn't want to speculate, right? I don't like assigning motives to things. I think, sure, you know, it, it's, um, I, I can't say, you know, why he, he hasn't said anything. I think there have been other statewide elected officials who have, um, and there have been plenty of Republicans who have um, across the country. And, and so I, I just find it a little bit frustrating. Okay. So with that said, going back into the primary season uh, several months ago, Governor Hogan has never been a supporter of Donald Trump, so he says, mm-hmm. and I take him as his word, and people had 
people namely like Congressman John Delaney had pressed Governor Hogan for whatever reasons or motivations. We're not sure. I mean, we can, of course, we can speculate, but like you said earlier, we're not going to do that. Uh, he, you know, he paid for a revolving billboard to circle the state capitol building to right. to demand that Governor Hogan tell people basically where he stands on these on 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 Donald Trump. And uh, it, it took a while, and but we all know that Donald, or, uh, I'm sorry, Larry Hogan is was a Chris Christie guy, and I can tell you certainly I'm not a Chris Christie guy. Eric Beasley's not a Chris Christie guy. Um, sure. I oh no. No, we, we, we have vehement disagreements with Chris Christie. I believe he's a statist, and quite possibly in the future, who knows, he could actually end up behind bars, which would be rather ironic and funny. Um, so we – you know, I even saw Governor Hogan when I was in New Hampshire earlier this year, um, you know, going around and meeting some of the candidates. I saw Governor Hogan tag along with Christie when he was up in New Hampshire and making his – his last play for relevancy before he dropped out and kissed the ring of Trump. Um, but I, I can say that he's, he's come out and he's, he's, he's denounced the tone of the campaign. And, but you don't, obviously that's hasn't been quite enough. And in a different context, you're asking him to come out and say, Hey, look, um, this is the, the violence that is being perpetuated by um, some of these acts that are even happening in Maryland um, it's not right. It needs to stop. And yeah. our, our, in, 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 okay. And I'll, I'll give you that. And I think that's completely fair. But I was also saying, in addition to that, um, I think that if you know you're going to call on the governor as well, who yes, who is the leader of our, leader of our state, the you know he is the top guy uh, in charge of of Maryland, so to say, and in 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 every way possible. Um, but I also say that we should also include our other state leaders, too, who happen to be two very prominent Democrats in Mike Miller as our Senate president um, and Speaker Mike Bush. And I think that not just calling on Larry Hogan, but I think you could have also extended that over to Mike Miller and Mike Bush. And I, that's, that was my only point that we, we would, you, would, you would also call on them to do the same thing. And uh, that I think that that was just that was my underlying point there. Yeah. And look, I, I think, you know, whoever's perpetuating these attacks and whoever they're targeted against, whether it's, you know, there's 27 cases of Trump supporters or you know, other cases targeting other people, they're wrong. And every public official should be calling them out. And my focus on Governor Hogan is because he's the governor. Right. right. He's the top guy, you know. And and so I, I think he has a unique responsibility. And you've seen governors in other states step up in that way. Um, so, you know, I'll give you one example. In my letter to Governor Hogan, I asked him to instruct the state police to work with local law enforcement to offer, you know, whatever help they can in tracking down the perpetrators of these crimes. The, the Speaker of the House, the President of the Senate, can't do that. So, you know, I, I think it's a, it's a question of the role, right? Um, so certainly I expect it of every politician, regardless of what their role is. Sure, uh, and responsibility. In total fairness, you've also condemned attacks against Trump supporters as well from from yeah. similar acts. Yeah. Well, you, I mean that you, that poor kid that got beat up in Rockville. I mean, I you know it's yeah. it's yeah. violence. Violence for political reasons is wrong, and it and it right. sickens me that we've gotten to this point in the public discourse, right? And it, it right. frustrates me to know it. Right, and 
And that's why earlier today, you know, I, I, I apologize. I didn't mean to, to seem like I was trolling. It was just when I make a point, I, 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 I hit it with a hammer and I, I didn't mean to sound like I was trolling you because I do have a tremendous respect for you delegate. And I, I, and especially your work in education. Um, and that's a very passionate subject for me as well. Um, and I, I, I do hope that look, none of this is, this is wrong. Um, and I saw, but I'll tell you one issue that I, that I'm very concerned about is that last week there was a church in Silver Spring that was spray. There was a sign that they wrote "White Nation Trump" something like that. Um, Trump, Trump Nation Whites Only. It was a sign at an Episcopal church. It's actually down down the street from my church. That uh, okay. It was a sign for their Spanish language service. So it was despicable. I don't. You know, we don't. We don't have any guesses of who did this police haven't been able to ascertain any you know any suspects in this case but last week on twitter on facebook delegate ansel gultieres uh, a well-known member of the democratic state delegation um very well respected in the community um former member former candidate for congress in the 8th congressional district she immediately said that it was trump supporters who did this and Sure, I can understand why she would believe that, but do you, I mean, do you think that was a responsible statement that she blamed Trump supporters without having any facts to to back that I mean, up? Look, I, I think we need to rely on law enforcement to catch the people that actually do it. I, I I understand why she jumped to that conclusion, but you know, we need to let law enforcement do their job. Um, right. But I, I think there's an undeniable and palpable sense of fear among a lot of my constituents that I'm hearing from in response to these attacks, in response to the rhetoric of the campaign. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I understand why Amosol and others, which, I mean, a lot of people are heated right now. So. Yeah. And so, you know, in delegate, I, I get, I understand that. And I look, um, I, I didn't vote for Donald Trump. I never supported him in the primary. I've been a, a harsh critic and I'm just one person, you know, I'm just a guy from Montgomery County and it's, I doesn't, you know, who, Nobody's like saying, oh, gee, what's Ryan Miner saying about Donald Trump today? But I can tell you that I'm, some of his appointments as of recent uh, have really bothered me. Uh, Jeff Sessions, namely. Uh, Michael Flynn, who's made some, some very serious comments um, and has associated with some of the alt-right movement, and as well as Steve Bannon, who I think was an absolutely wrong signal to, to put someone in that position who has that ex- some, some serious extremist positions, you know, two doors down from, from the Oval Office. And, uh, you know, Eric Beasley and I are going to continue to, to call out what we believe is, uh, you know, could be become an unchecked presidency. It it really deeply concerns me. And I know living in Montgomery County delegate that a lot of people are scared and they have legitimate concerns because of some of the policies that Donald Trump has promised. And that leads me to my next question is, what are you hearing from your constituents? What are they telling you? And what, you know, what, what, what are the, what are the conversations that are happening inside of your community? Well, I mean, so I just background, I represent a really diverse community, right? It runs from Burtonsville where I live, which is, you know, a heavily minority community with a lot of immigrants uh, to Damascus, which is largely white, rural, and very conservative. Right. And I hear different things from different parts of the district. I think there's a difference between sort of the, the initial reaction people had, right, where 
you know, I had a constituent who emailed me the day after the election. He's a, a, a legal immigrant from, from Myanmar. He came here legally, got his citizenship, um, he's a naturalized citizen. The day after the election, his, his granddaughter came into his room crying, and he asked what was wrong, and she said, you know, Donald Trump's going to deport you. I need the president now, right? And you have to sort of walk her through that. So I think there's the initial emotional reaction of fear that people have had. And then I think there's the follow-up concern, which is, you know, what is this going to mean for the country politically um, and and for Marylanders? And so I went over, last night was the 40th anniversary of the Muslim Community Center, which is a large community center in my district that um, yeah. is a mosque, but it also is a, a they provide a lot of services to the community. So they have a free health clinic that serves 16,000 people regardless of religion. I mean, it's, they're, it's a good group of people, right? Um, and, you know, people there were asking questions about, well, can Donald Trump actually require us to have to register? Right? Um, and so I, I think it's still in the phase of fear and uncertainty. Um, yeah. But, you know, there are, I think there is some hope that, you know, the constitutional principles we all believe in or should believe in, regardless of party, will prevent any overreach. I I certainly hope so. That was going to be my question is um, when when people like that, like at the Buzzwood Community Center, are afraid they're going to be put on some registry and interned, you know, like, you know, FDR style. um, What are you telling them personally? Um, You know, so it's a little difficult, right, because, you know, I'm not subject to any of this, right? I'm a a white guy. I'm a Christian. (laughs) I'm, you know, I'm not exactly going to be victimized uh, here. So it's hard for me to say, I feel where you're coming from, because I don't, right? I can't. Um, But what I tell them is, you know, what I told, actually, I teach at the University of Maryland. I had a class, and uh, some students expressed their concern to me. um, And and what I told them was, look, you know, the, the, the this country is not a finished product, right? It's not that we've ever accomplished what we set out to accomplish. It's a set of ideals that are laid out in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, and we have to keep generation after generation fighting for those ideals. And this may be one of those times where we need to step up. Um, and I don't know if that provides any solace to people, um, but, you know, I, and then I followed up by saying, I'm going to fight against the registry. I think it's unconstitutional. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see where that goes. Delegate, does it bother you that um, our potential yet unconfirmed, soon to be possibly attorney general, has reportedly once called the NAACP and the American Civil Liberties Union, you know, had had made very disparaging comments against organizations like the ACLU, whose sole purpose is to defend the Bill of Rights, and he's going to be the top law enforcement officer? Yeah, I think that should concern everyone. I think um, it doesn't bode well. And, you know, I, again, going back to Larry Hogan, I understand that the governor has some, you know, he's, he's a Republican, right? He needs to play the game with other Republican governors. But, you know, I just about blew my top when he was quoted in the paper saying they're off to a good start. You know, I don't, I don't <laughs> feel that. Yeah, um, well, what do you think he meant by that? I, I think he was I, – I assume he was trying to play the game. And I assume, you know, he had met – he had just met with Mike Pence, who by all accounts is much more reasonable than Donald Trump. And, you know, I, I think he's trying to play the game and, and um, be, you know, 
be supportive insofar as it can. Um, you know, but I, like I said, I don't, I don't, I, Governor Hogan and I have met once and I'm not exactly in his ear. And so I w- mm-hmm. wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it, it's true. I, and I think, I think that Governor Hogan had a, has a serious balancing act in Maryland because he's, he's obviously going to run for reelection unless we find out that he's not. And all, all indications point that he's going to run for reelection. And mm-hmm. what I've seen from, uh, from some Democrats in Maryland that have, they're, they're trying to find things to, to, to weaken, I, I think Maryland's resolve uh, or to, to lessen his pop to, to break down his popularity, because let's face it, according to polls, which you know, maybe we found out in the last <laughs> this, this recent election that they're not as reliable as we, we thought or had hoped to be. Um, but that, that he's very that Governor Hogan is a very popular person, very popular governor, right. um, and I've seen some Democrats have tried to nitpick at him and to uh, to beat him down and find these you know certain issues. And I've uh, uh, and in some some state delegates and representatives have come out strong against him, and you know and I think that maybe I have a a reaction or I I kind of look at a big picture to see well, and maybe that was a little bit of my reaction that. Okay, I thought your letter uh, and you calling on him to denounce this was sort of laced in politics. But now that we've had this discussion, I, I have a better understanding. Um, but I will say that I've seen some Democrats like John Delaney that have kind of picked a fight with the governor and maybe forced his hand. I don't know. I don't. I mean, I yeah, don't know. I mean, Did you, th- you, you? You have to remember though. We as as Democrats now, the you know the governor is a Republican. We have a role to play as the loyal opposition. Right. It's our responsibility to call him out on things that we disagree sure. with. And that doesn't, that doesn't mean I think, you know, a lot of times um, the press likes to cheerlead, you know, partisan battles. So a lot of times mm-hmm. that's all that gets reported. Um, and I've certainly criticized the governor on this and, and other things, right? you know. Sure. Um, but at the same time, our government still functions and we still work together. On sure. I've worked with the governor's staff to get bills through my committee and, um, so, you know, I, I, it, one of the results of, I think, the way the media covers what goes on in Annapolis is people sort of see it as if it were a constant partisan sniping, and it's really not. Um, and I think most people that serve there would, would tell you that. I mean, even in the legislature, which is dominated by Democrats, we tend to work pretty well together on bills. Sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've, you, you've... I'll give an example. Um, Delegate David Moon, Eric Beasley, and I are, are, we 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 have tremendous respect for him, and we've actually said publicly that we hope. He's our second favorite Democrat. Yeah, he's our second favorite Democrat. Um, We've called on him to. We we hope that he is selected uh, to replace Jamie Raskin in the Senate, um, much because of his work on on some liberty issues that we care about. Um, yeah, criminal he's a justice strong civil libertarian. Yeah, and I've had the opportunity to meet one on one with Delegate Moon, and we sat down for lunch um, for about an hour and a half, and had a great discussion, um, much like we're doing now. And uh, we, you know, we clearly have differences in politics um, on on many issues, but the issues that bind us together, those really strong issues, those civil liberty issues, um, that's mm-hmm. where 
we can, you know, as Republicans, Democrats, independents, libertarians, that's where we can come together and say, this is what's best for our state. And I, I share that same passion as you do, delegate. I can tell you that um, I have a few Muslim friends, too, that um, have expressed similar sentiments after Donald Trump has lost uh, or I'm sorry, has won the, the election. And they're, they're, they're concerned they're, they're, and, and rightfully so. And I hear some people on on the right to say, well, you lost. Get over it. You know, elections have consequences, but it's not as simple as that. You can't break it down right. as, as simple as we win, you lose. It's that we've spent 18 months talking about issues that where Donald Trump said that he's going to ban a certain segment of the population based upon religion, which is fundamentally opposite of what this country was unfounded on. So I, I yeah. think that I think that that's a a real a, a real issue that we're going to tackle, and I know that you're going to be a watchdog um, as a state legislator in in Maryland. And um, I do hope that you know I do hope that um, that all Marylanders state leaders can come together to to address you know this 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 kind of this violence. That's first and foremost. We have to we have to put a stop to this. We don't want to see Trump supporters get beat up, and we don't want to see churches defaced um with you know these ridiculous slogans um saying and we don't want trump supporters bashing minorities or coming out and 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 supporting the <laughs> the take away, you know the taking away of civil liberties and that's why eric and i are in this unique position because we never supported trump and we recognize both sides and really what we want to see is trump moderate um if he can i don't know if that's going to happen but uh, I, it's going to be a wild ride, and it, it should be interesting for, for Governor Hogan in the next two years because, look, Delegate, he, he got attacked by the, the right heavily yeah. for, not, for not coming out and endorsing him. And Eric Beasley and I have, have talked about that, and um, we, I talked about this today with, um, online with, with Dave Schmidt, who is a friend of ours from Frederick County, who does a radio show on, on Saturday afternoons for WFMD. And we, we're not, you know, there's, there's people talking about running against governor Hogan in the primary and some will, will not support him now because he did not support Donald Trump. What do you, what do you make of that? I mean, that's the normal give and take of, of a political party. You know, I think, you know, Republicans who feel that way have a, have a right to feel that way. Um, you know, and I obviously I agreed with the governor on Donald Trump not being suits for president, but um, you know, I think the the what what matters um, going forward, you know, even before we start thinking about the 2018 elections, is making sure that basic constitutional principles are upheld and um, making sure that some of the things that have been proposed, you know, I would love to see Donald Trump moderate a little bit. I would love, yeah. well, actually, a lot. Um, but it, barring that, I think, you know, all of us have a responsibility to step up and make sure we're protecting our founding principles. You're, you're a passionate education policy guy that has spent a lot of time. Now you're, you're, you're a teacher. And so looking forward to... Well, for, former teacher now. I left, I left the classroom about a year and a half ago to go back to school myself. So I'm teaching undergraduates now instead of... Oh. Well, that's that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. But looking forward to who would be a a responsible pick in your eyes um, for education secretary? Oh, uh, <laughs> that's a tough one. Um, 
I, you know, I, I think the, the people that I would name are not people that in a million years Donald Trump would have Yeah. You know, I, I think the, the first most immediate person that comes to mind is a woman named Linda Darling Hammond, who's a professor at Stanford University out west. And was, her name was actually mentioned uh, during the first Obama administration. Um, you know, I, we need somebody who brings a more rational perspective to school accountability and understands that massive over-testing of kids doesn't help anybody. It hurts. Amen. Uh, so, you know, and that's wow. I, I think one of those issues where, you know, at least in Annapolis, where right and left has sort of been able to come together to some extent that, that um, there's too much testing. We've done what we can to try to limit. Um, but none of the names I've heard so far that might be on Donald Trump's short list have that perspective. They tend to be more from the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, I mean, they're 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 discussing um, Michelle Rhee, who I think would right. be a disaster. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think um, like many people in education, I think Michelle Rhee, um, you know, has the right goals in mind. I just don't like how she wants to get there, you know, and um, you know, testing kids nonstop won't get us to better schools. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, delegate, I, I know you're a busy guy. I really appreciate you you taking the time to come on and have a chat with us. And uh, look, I knew that if we talked in person or uh, in this format, we would uh, we'd have a great discussion. And you're you are a man of your word. We've had delegates and uh, state legislators who have pledged to come on but never have, and we still bother them to do that. Um, and this is just a look. This is a this is a show that we're trying to to build out and we do this once a week and because we have a passion for, for politics in Maryland and we're all trying to do the right thing for our state. And, uh, we, we really do appreciate your time coming on and I hope sure. you, I hope you decide to come back. Sure. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. You guys have a good night now. All right. Thanks yeah. so much for coming on. Thank you. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, delegate you know, Eric Lukey. What a great guy. You know, right. Really? No, I mean, yeah. I, very surprising. I'm not used to hearing Democrats say they don't like testing and, uh, you know, condone vi- like actual all violence instead of just violence against people that are the same political party as them. I, I've always had a lot of respect for him. He he's he's very active on on Twitter and other social media and Facebook. And the delegate and I, we look, I, I think that we, we we ironed out our our disagreements. And and look, I Social media is a place where behind the computer screen, if you're, you know, it's completely different than, than having a conversation like we're having now, Eric, over, you know, over the radio, yeah. online radio, uh, or in person. I've had some great conversations with Democrats, person to person, and I, I you know, you, what people don't realize, Eric, is that you and I are very reasonable people, <laughs> right? I mean, right. right. Absolutely. Look, and, and, and he seemed pretty reasonable, too. You know, I think I'm going to make it official, Ryan. I think Eric Ludke just became my third favorite Democrat. Oh, yeah. He's he's, and it's not, he's a yeah. he's a solid guy. And he's someone that has always backed up his opinion with 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 facts and has supported his arguments that that aren't necessarily rooted in emotion. The only thing is, is that I. Sometimes I have an adverse reaction to people who, who just take pot shots at Governor Hogan, Democrats, for the sake of just notching another chip on the old belt. You know what I'm saying? You know, they 
They just, just for the sake attacked. of trying to get John Delaney elected as governor. Well, yeah, that's, I mean that's what, what a lot. Of, and 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 I'm not interested in and pick and choose your battles and you know like a a legitimate battle would be on the budget or how we spend money and allocate funds for for schools or for the red line or the purple line or the the mandate that Governor Hogan passed or has signed as an executive order to start schools after Labor Day. I mean, I had to dis- I still have a serious disagreement with the governor on that because I believe it removes local control from schools to set their own calendars. That's a legitimate policy difference, but I've seen some Democrats in Maryland just take a shot every chance that they have to to knock him down a peg, and I think that that's unfair. Yeah, no, it's it's unfair to you, but I think I think I think the most important thing, and this this is when I was watching your guys' little Facebook thread. This is what I was thinking the whole time was okay. Look, let's be honest. There has been violence on both sides. There have been Trump supporters sure. that attacked, that were the perpetrator. There have been Trump supporters who are the victim, and there are Hillary Hillary or Bernie supporters who have been attacked and who have also been the victim. Okay, and I think that. I think that when you sit here and you try to say, you know, Trump supporters are being violent, the reality is that that's not – that may be true, okay? We don't actually know because there hasn't been any arrests, and I'd rather – you know, I would trust a sheriff telling me this was you know, a, tr- a volunteer for the Trump campaign, and they had a, you know, a 16-foot-long Make America Great Again sign in their house. Okay, I'd rather hear that from law enforcement and the sheriff, not from just somebody guessing. Um, we don't know who's behind a lot of these attacks, these violence. I know that I've seen news articles over the last three, four days where a lot of these 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 so-called attacks didn't actually happen. Um, well, they were they were hoaxes, and yeah, I, and I'm not I'm not saying that all of them were. I'm saying that some of them were. Sure, I'd rather see that's... people arrested and mugshots before I come to conclusions. <laughs> um, yeah. But the point is, is that there's been there's been violence on both sides. Both sides have been doing it, assuming that, you know, it's basically assuming um, Occam's razor. Both sides have been doing it. And I really appreciate the fact that the de- uh, Delegate Ludke here also mentioned the fact that Trump supporters are being attacked. Because that, that, yeah. I think that's what a lot of – that's what's driving the partisan feud right now is the media is reporting like, oh, you know, this – some poor woman with a, with a I'm with her hat got punched in the face or something. <laughs> but they're not Which reporting on the dude with – yeah, which is terrible. Okay, they're not reporting on the woman with the "Make America Great Again" hat that had the same thing happen to her, and that's what led. That's the sort of stuff that led to Trump getting elected in the first place. Was you know this whole basically this like compliant national media going along and perpetrating these sorts of stories, only the the ones that fit their narrative, not the truth about what's going on. And so I really appreciate the delegate, you know, basically saying, look, both sides are being stupid. Like uh, I was, I was half expecting. Like if I was, look, if I was a delegate and I was going to write a letter, my letter would be like this: Republicans, go to that corner. Democrats, go to that corner. Now you're going to sit there until you hug, right. and then once you hug, you can go back to play. Like well, that's, that's what I want to do. <laughs> yeah, that's and and people understand, and I hope that there are people who haven't listened to the show before that we open this up, this show up as a format for discussion. That we are not blind partisans to the Republican Party, the Democrat Party, or any party. Yes, Eric, you said it best in a previous show that we are libertarians who tend to caucus with the Republicans for the expediency of passing what we want legislatively to pass. 
But if that means also mm-hmm. caucusing with people like Delegate David Moon, we're going to do that because we you know, right first and Brian, just let me tell you, yeah, let me tell you a quick story. All right. So in this last week, I actually had somebody, I had a Democrat ask me, who's a friend of mine, if I could basically, they asked for my opinion on running at on at a for a state level position out wow. here in Frederick County. They said, you. Eric, just they asked me, yeah, and they were like, uh-huh. look, I trust you. I know, you know. I, I know that your opinion is educated and you're not going to, you know, you're not going to blow smoke up my ass. So just tell me, mm-hmm. is this possible? And if it's not possible, like what would I have to do to make it possible? And so I basically ran, I, I looked at the numbers and I statistically, you know, came to conclusions and I gave them to this person who's a Democrat. Now I, you know, and it's not because I didn't help them because they're a Democrat. I help them because they're a friend because I like them because I like talking to them. And I think that's that's what we lose so many times in all of these political discussions is we lose the whole like there's a person there that you should probably talk to, and you know and look let's you know, I've been yeah, guilty absolutely. of it too before. You know I've been guilty of it. You've been guilty of it. All sure, this happened. I've been and, guilty. You know people are people. Well, you know and, somebody and, asked me for my informed opinion, so I gave it. Yeah. So there's a lot of. Um, so I just want to say to, to wrap up this segment. We appreciate Delegate Lugie's uh, coming on to our show, having a discussion, being uh, – it was great. So I hope he comes back. I know he will. He's a man of his word. He called in, and we had that discussion. So um, we thank him for that, and we're going to keep we'll, – we'll keep our eye on um, – maybe the governor will respond. And to put this out there, I, I don't necessarily – you know, one way or the other, if Governor Hogan comes out and makes a statement about the violence, um, that that can be a good thing, and I think that it would show leadership. But I also believe that um, if if it's Governor Hogan going to make the statement, then in, include all the state leaders as well, like Speaker Bush and Mike Miller, Senate President Mike Miller, um, who who how about, have. How about we include in- the sheriffs of the county? Sure. They actually yeah. have to go out and enforce these laws. Like yeah. that's who should be making statements, in my opinion. Local control, right, Eric? <laughs> we we bring it right exactly. back down to the to the local level. Anyway, um, let's see. Should we talk about Washington County? Oh, geez, man, I don't even I don't even know if I'm ready for this conversation. Let me. Yeah, tell we you. might table like, that. <laughs> um, but uh, why don't we talk about Karen Harshman? Oh, oh, your favorite? You mean your your BFF? <laughs> yeah, my BFF, Karen Harshman. So there's a little bit of issue. There's a little bit of a scandal happening with Karen Harshman, Eric. And just to update Again? you on, well, yeah, I mean, she's this. This is a person who is magnetically attracted to drama, who has not one reasonable bone in her body, and. Somebody who will probably likely try to sue me again with her shady attorney after this show is complete. Um, I, I just oh, uh, oh, it's it's anyway. Eric Karen Harshman has hired. Well, I don't want to say hired because um, I'm not sure how she has any money to afford an attorney. So my assumption is is that she is. Um, contracted with an attorney, probably paid him a penny and a retainer fee, and he is now representing her. His, his name is Ira Cook. He uh, 
He is a former Annapolis lobbyist who was convicted of embezzlement in California, lost his law license, and I believe it was reinstated. You can read all about Ira Cook, and that's spelled C-O-O-K-E, Ira, first name I-R-A. He is a local Hagerstown attorney um, who <laughs> has his own ethical issues, is, is not a very well-respected person, kind of known as a sleazy guy in Hagerstown, Annapolis politics. He's been around forever. Anyway. Well, birds of feather, right? Well, there you go. Uh, so Harshman has solicited him to be her attorney. Of course, you know, she couldn't for probably afford a reputable attorney. <laughs> and uh, and I don't I don't mean to be mean, but it's it she's she's a very nasty person. And <laughs> the attorney solicited the Karen Harshman is trying to get Mar- the Maryland Associations of Board of Education to foot the cost of her legal bills and to say that the, she is covered oh. she is covered under the insurance pool. And it doesn't work that way because this is not a tort. This is not a civil case. This is a board of education going through the legal procedures according to state law to remove a sitting board of education member for reason, under reasonable authority for willful neglect – for willful misconduct or excuse me, willful neglect and misconduct for spreading false and vicious unsubstantiated rumors via social media, violating the superintendent's contract failing to report sexual abuse, and failing to report and immediately hand over the names to the superintendent of teachers she claims without any, subst- without any sort of facts behind it, claiming that they have teacher sexual abuse in Washington County Public Schools. Eric, you know the story. <laughs> yes, this story is, is insane, and just in my opinion. But, okay, so, so let me get this straight. So... <laughs> so so a sitting board member of the Board of Education is trying yeah. to basically use their um, – the, the slander, libel, defamation, like the uh, lawsuit insurance pool that is given to elected representatives in order to basically, – basically she wants to use their insurance money to represent her when the rest of her board is trying to kick her out. Well, she's trying to use the – so you know, state law – there's an organization that you're familiar with called the Maryland Association of Boards of Education. It's MABE, and they provide yeah. an insurance pool for boards of education. Anyway, it doesn't fall under that purview. And yeah, that's, she's that's, and and the so, slimy lawyer is trying to uh, make this argument that that his bill should be paid for by the state organization. Basically, yes. Without me saying that, but yes, exactly that. She should be covered. Her legal expenses should be paid by the MABE insurance poll, which is absolutely ridiculous. So in essence, Karen Harshman is asking taxpayers to pay for her mistakes. See, that's, 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 not, oh, that's, that's not how this works. Now, I'm just a small-town attorney. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but this is not how that works. Like, and and now, you see how this would, had... would you, – you see how this would fall in line, Eric – that he would charge some exuberant fee, and, and, and money would be forked over into his pocket. We all know how this game is played. It's, it's, well, it's, it's, it's the it's same inc- thing politicians do. 
Yeah, same thing politicians do. They loan their campaign in a loan at 36% interest, and then they get that money back after a year, it, it, having the value of their loan increased by 36%. It's basically it's, – you know, it's, it's legal fraud in my opinion, and so this is um, kind of the same thing. Basically, it's gaming the system in order to pad, pad your own checkbook. So the next – the next issue, so the next step in this process is that the Maryland State Board of Education is slated to hear Karen Harshman's removal from the Board of Education. And I should mention, parenthetically, the State Board of Education hasn't, there's not a whole lot of precedent for removing state boards of education, or I'm sorry, local Board of Education members, or meaning that this hasn't happened that very much in Maryland Board of Education history. Like she would be like the fourth or fifth person ever to be removed. And so my sources are telling me at the state that the case is moving forward. Obviously, it's going to happen on December the 5th. And there's a serious and compelling case for her removal. There's a grass, there's a grassroots movement in motion to – there's a letter-writing campaign taking place where people are writing letters to the State Board of Education president. And this is – there's a real possibility that um, this could really happen where she is effectively tossed off the board. But I would imagine if that would happen, she would probably sue and, and, and circuit court and probably lose. However, there could be the possibility where her attorney is pushing um, – her attorney, because of the board makeup, has changed. Um, they right. could have He's four votes to delay. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, yes. they're pushing, they have, they could have four votes to rescind the order that they sent on November the 1st down to the state board of education. Um, because now they have it, 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 the majority flipped to the Harshman wing of the Washington County board of education. And they, they could effectively send, uh, the, the, rescind the order, and, and that would be it. It would be over with. And Karen Harshman is not up for re-election until 2018. I can't imagine that she would decide to run, but if she did, I, I don't think she would be re-elected because it would be just a mess for her. Anyway, the important thing no, is, is that no, it'd be great, right? Right? It'd be actually, you know, th- you got to think. Think about. Th- let's play the long game here. All right. If she doesn't get kicked off, if the board goes ahead and rescinds that order. I would yeah. just make this an election issue. I mean, and, <laughs> yeah, well, and then if Karen Harshman decides to run again, she's going to run on a slate. Most likely the teachers union and the Republican club and central committee will endorse the same group of candidates. <laughs> then what I would do is I would, I would just turn this into an election issue and basically be like, look, this is, this is what you're supporting. Remember everybody, this is what Karen Harshman said. Okay. Yeah. She said, you know, she made this unfounded allegation and then through some, you know, skeezy lawyer was able to delay the hearing, and then basically, I'd let her sit there for two more years. I mean, look, yeah, she's trying to run out the clock. Years, I look, think. All the, yeah, look all the dumb stuff she's had in the first, said in the first two years. I mean, it, imagine yeah, it, how much it, worse yeah. this is going to get. Okay, if she doesn't get kicked off now, then she's going to think she can get away with it until the Eric, election comes up. Then all of a sudden, she's going to be nice. Eric, you and I always follow the money, and this is costing taxpayers in Washington County a lot of money. And the easy thing that, would be and, for – And that's that, – but see, and they need to know about that when 2018 well, comes around. Okay. They need to know how much money Karen Harshman has cost them as the taxpayers 
Okay, and if they decide they like that sort of government fraud, waste, and abuse, then they can vote to re they can reelect her and leave her on there. If they don't want their money wasted, if they'd rather have their money spent on oh I don't know like educating their children, then they can vote for somebody else. Yeah. Well, it's it's a it, hopefully that she is removed, but if not, then we have two more years to endure of Karen Harshman. But the local newspaper has done a tremendous job. The Herald Mail has done a tremendous job of covering this story. I do believe that a minor detail has done an excellent job of covering the Harshman story. And we will continue to to keep you up to date with Karen Harshman's possible impending removal from the uh, the, the Washington County Board, Board of Education. And look, it's slated for December the 5th. That's a Monday. And it's going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting day. And I want to say this um, about the Washington County Board of Education race. Um, the race didn't turn out as I had hoped to. I hoped to see it. Um, Donna Brightman, who is the president of the Washington County Board of Education until the the new board is sworn in, was defeated. Donna has served for nine and a half years. was was first appointed in two thousand and seven by Governor Martin O'Malley, when there was a vacancy created, and she was defeated. This has been a fierce champion and advocate of education, and I think she was caught up. I mean, the Tea Party helped defeat her. The Woody Spong helped defeat her, and it will be a tremendous loss. And I am, I'm deeply saddened. And it's been, it's been tough for me to, to embrace this, uh, to understand why it happened. I mean, I, I sort of understand, but. Washington County has made a massive mistake by voting off Don, uh, Donna Brightman, and I'm that's all I can say, and I'm very disappointed. But that's how elections work, and uh, Donna will have tremendous success moving forward. Um, and I'm, I, I'm worried about the future of education in Washington County because Donna Brightman will no longer be there to guide to help guide that ship and in a direction of progress. And if the Republicans want to support the teachers unions candidates, then they're going to have to answer for that too. And you know, as well as I do, Eric, you've watched this from the outside. You've seen that happen. Well, I've watched it from the outside. And honestly, it's a, uh, it's kind of annoying because I literally have friends on both sides of this. Um, so <laughs> um, as, as far as this, as you know, like, you know, Jerry DeWolf was one of the other, uh, county coordinators on the Dan Bongino campaign. He's a good friend of mine. Um, now the chairman of the Washington County, uh, Republican central committee. Oh, is um, he? Good. Congratulations, I, Jerry. Yes. I, I, Jerry's an asshole they, they, and, and I, and I, I have no bones about I know saying you don't that. Like no, I think he's a piece of shit. I, I, um, I think that he is a, somebody that is not a very smart guy. I think that he is someone that um, has no grasp of policy. I think Jerry DeWolf is a go-along to get-along good old boy from Washington County that has a little power under his hands. And I think that um, he's just a detestable person in every single way. His attacks against people that I care about um, have been absolutely destructive to the conversation of politics. And I just think that I, 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 I hope – like Donald Trump said back in 2007 in an interview um, on Entertainment Tonight, I hope he, he was talking about Rosie O'Donnell, and he said, I love it when bad people fail, and I hope Jerry DeWolf fails. And I will say – and that, that might sound mean, 
But I, I like I like it very much when bad people fail. And Jerry has already failed tremendously um, when when he ran Terry Baker's very losing campaign. Um, and I, I think that uh, he's a mess and it's going to turn out to be a mess. And they'll, they'll continue to appoint bad people to positions that have no business being in office, like Woody Spong, who was <laughs> denounced by the governor and had to resign in disgrace. Anyway, Brian, Woody Spong was a disaster. Okay, but yeah, look, and Jerry DeWolf supported right? him and defended the previous, him. I yes, he did. But also, Ryan, think about who he replaced as the chairman of the Washington County Central Committee, Steve Shu, one of the oh. most loyal Huffzali acolytes. Okay, <laughs> so it just keeps getting there's worse. another. So there's another side to this as well. Okay, you know, I had my own run-ins with Steve Shu personally. He actually tried to kick me out of a public meeting. Okay, that was like hidden in the in a in a in the in a back room of a restaurant. Okay, so just to be fair, all right, like, look, you and I obviously have very different opinions of Jerry. Okay, and and I'm not saying that either opinion is valid or invalid. No, it's fine. But I, I do think that you know, I like I said. Jerry is a friend. I think that I think it's great. Number one, that somebody under the age of forty that actually has a job and like has a family and has kids is actually running something like this. Okay, we're you know I, I, it's so the same Eric, thing I was talking about with Danny Farrar. He, we're getting away from to me, the old like old white men thing. Sure, but but Jerry is a a guy who has labeled me paid Democratic hack uh, has made up lies about me on social media. And I'm sorry, I, when somebody does that and, and calls me a, uh, a Democratic operative paid by the Democratic Party um, and makes disparaging comments about me that have no fact, and I've asked him to remove these comments, um, and that's fine. I have, I have skin thick as nails, but when you lie about me, that's a different situation. And I believe I have legitimate beef, Eric. And 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 look, and and honestly, I think y'all just you two just should sit down and just have a nice little chat about that. All right. Like no, I thank said, you. I have no. I, said, I have both, no. Both, look, I, I have said, absolutely. My, <laughs> no, no. I I have no reason to talk to him. Um, I hope he fails miserably in his job. And if that sounds vindictive and petty and mean and hateful and spiteful, then I I apologize. But. He has done some absolutely horrible things um, that will, will not be repeated on this show. Uh, he has said some things about my family that were just vicious. And, um, you know, I, I look forward to combating him politically in the future and calling out his behavior. And if he wants to go there, he knows that I will bring the fight. So that's, that's just right. You know, you know, you know what's really going on here. All right, you just what? want Ken Buckler to do really well as the subcommittee chairman for the Libertarian Party in Washington County. I would love <laughs> Ken Buckler. That's, that's what you really want. No, I do. That's true. You're, you, you called it. That's pretty smart, Eric. I'll have to give you credit on that. Um, I, I will say that I hope Ken Buckler goes in and sweeps up that community because Ken Buckler is a great guy. He's a friend of our show. He's a smart guy and somebody that deserves to be in elected office. Absolutely. Look, I, I, you know, it's funny because I actually um, sort of, I guess, kind of work with the guy. Um, he's actually on a contract with the same government client that I am. And um, some of we so we've had some interaction professionally out, you know, outside of politics and everything. But he is a really good guy. Um, and, yeah, I you know, just hope he doesn't. 
I just hope he doesn't hire Jerry DeWolf as his campaign manager because it will be running to the ground. <laughs> well, look, let's just, let's, just, let's just be fair for just a minute, okay? Empirically, Terry Baker did do very well in Washington mm-hmm. County, which was a pretty good chunk of Republican voters in the 6th District. I mean, so he did come in, what, I think second, and I'm not saying there's, there's no trophy for second place, but I think that he did have a, a halfway decent showing, you know, and we do, we do have to keep that in mind, you know, mm-hmm. and um, Terry Baker also gave us some pretty good answers when it came to, like, the Apple versus FBI issue that we were discussing back in, uh, in March. And so, you know, if we, if we, it'd be interesting to see who runs um, for, for that seat in 2018, our friend Ami Hover came up short uh, against John Delaney. Uh, she ran a campaign that is to be proud of. I'm proud of her. I'm proud of um, most of her team that uh, helped assist her in that endeavor. And um, she would have been a tremendous congresswoman. And I think that, uh, you know, look, John Delaney won fair and square. John Delaney ran a great campaign. Um, he, yeah, he I, I disagree with run a campaign. Well, he did, and 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 it proved that he ran a winning campaign. Uh, it was it's tough for any Republican to win in the sixth congressional district in Maryland. And Ami Hober is someone that I have tremendous respect for. Um, I don't agree with every issue that Ami Hober stands on, but I can tell you that she would have been miles ahead of John Delaney. I mean, she she would have been in the majority. Uh, she her her voice would have been a an important voice on. A, one of the, the, the committees or subcommittees, and she would have, I think, gone to Congress and uh, served a few terms and added a, uh, a great deal of value to an institution that is sorely lacking. But um, she, mm-hmm. I was disappointed in her loss, but I know that whatever Ami does in the future, she's going to do, do very well. And who knows, this might be it. I, I Either she stays, I, th- I hope she stays involved, but if she doesn't, then... Um, I hope she writes a book about this experience because it would be worth a great read. Oh, yeah. And uh, you know, Ryan, I she, do know that she's going to be coming up to the uh, um, Republican, uh, the Frederick County Republican Club meeting next month for December. Um, oh, she'll really? be up there for that, and uh, I do believe that she wants to stay involved. I guess she got the, I guess she got the political bug, um, you know. And uh, I, I don't know if she's going to run again. I mean, let's be honest. You know, twenty eighteen is going to be an, uh, an open seat in the sixth district. Um, so, you know, we'll see who decides to step up to the plate. Um, who do you think the candidates uh, are going to be? Oh, boy. Um, well, okay, basically every single delegate and every single delegate and senator from Montgomery County. Okay, first off, everybody who is going to not be able to run again because of the Montgomery County term limits is probably going to run it on the Democrat side, um, and they're all going to run against each other. Um, well, that's to say so that, that Delaney runs for governor or for Senate. Of course, he's going to run for governor uh, because if he doesn't run nah. for governor and Hogan gets reelected, he's going to get gerrymandered out of his seat, ungerrymandered out of his seat. Um, that's what's oh. going to happen. So Delaney has so, no choice but to run. De- De- Delaney, Delaney runs for governor or U.S. He would be better. He would fare better if he ran for U.S. Senate. He would win U.S. Senate. There's no doubt about it. I think he would be yeah, he would course. be smart. He would be smarter to run for U.S. Senate. And if I would if I were advising John Delaney, I would say, go for the Senate, establish yourself in a career. I know he has that executive mentality, and and that's fair to say. He he ran a company, and he um, he made a lot of money doing that. Um, I'm not always saying it was scrupulous, oh, but like, like 
yeah, say he has it. That's like saying that, uh, you know, the mob is has an, an executive mentality. No, the mob oh. takes money from people and extorts them and, oh. you know, like gives them high interest loans to pay off gambling debt, which is basically well, he, how John Delaney made all of his money well, uh, okay. from, oh. you know, high interest loans, predatory lending. Okay. Well, do, I, I got to make nice again <laughs> with John Delaney because he's an, actually a nice guy. He. Other than when he mean mugged Ami Hober at the Potomac days and um, was very nasty to her and did not say hi. And I mean, as, as a, a gentleman running for Congress, you see your opponent out in public. The right thing to do would be to walk over and shake her hand and say, good afternoon, Ami. I hope you're doing well. How, you know, how is everything? You make small talk and you move on. But he did not do that. And it showed me a little bit of a glimpse of uh, – and to his character, which I think that he he can uh, he can bounce back from that. Obviously, he did. Uh, but if if John Delaney Eric does not run for governor and he runs for Senate, here's what's going to happen. On the Democratic side, you're going to have several people run for that seat, and I'll, I'll go down a list of candidates. So you're going to have Delegate Bill Frick. You're going to have yeah. Roger Mono, Senator Roger. I think that's how you say it. Mono. Mano, mono. You could possibly Mano, have whatever. my delegate, Arana Miller, who I really like. Uh, she's a Democrat. A wonderful person. Um, County Councilman Craig Rice um, from District 2 in Montgomery County. Uh, you could possibly have Jan Gardner run. <laughs> uh, God. Yeah. Yeah, well, there, there you go. Uh, you could have you could have several Democrats run for that seat, and you could possibly even have David Trone, who ran in the eighth congressional district, because I understand he's polling the sixth district. He's also polling county executive, and he's also polling, I believe, he, I think governor as well. Um, but I, you know, so I hope so. I hope that Trone runs. In anything, anything. I don't care what it is, because honestly, number one, he's going to spend a whole crap load of money, and all his his primary opponents are going to have to try to match as best they can. So he'll be <laughs> the, all of them will use up their money before they get to the general election. That'd be great. It'd be really it great. Would be, if if he and John Delaney get into, if John Delaney would run for governor, it would be the battle of the billionaires. And I think that yeah. I don't know who has more money. I would predict that probably Trone has more money than than Delaney. I don't know, but it would be it would be fun to watch them spend copious amounts of money and attack one another. I would sit back for that. It'd be like watching I, two Irishmen in a bar. <laughs> and I, yeah, that's exactly right. And I will say, speaking of Irishmen, um, we have a, our friend Barry O'Connell who is listening tonight. I wanted to give him a shout out. Um, he runs the, the 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 Facebook group Maryland Politics, and Barry and I don't always agree, but he's certainly a hoot. And he said that he is listening into the show tonight. And he said that they should change the name of our show to the Rhino Hour. <laughs> why, why, I don't, why are we the Rhino Hour? Is it because we said a good thing about a Democrat? <laughs> because we said good things about Democrats. No, Barry's a he's a he's a decent guy, and uh, I appreciate him listening. He is uh, he is a passionate politico, a Maryland Democrat, and somebody that uh, <laughs> will always give you his opinion if if asked. But uh, Barry's listening, and. Uh, I hope he's uh, having a drink while he's listening. Um, so, Eric, let's see. What else? Oh, the Maryland's Republican Convention is December 2nd. And by the way, I should tell you, Eric, 
you and I have press credentials. I got those for us today. Oh, you did. I was actually going to uh, submit some uh, here pretty soon. So oh. if we got press credentials. That's legit. Yeah, you and me. Saturday, we're going to go. I hope you can go. Um, on that, uh, oh, actually, and we're going to. Um, I just, I just got met. I just got messaged by one of our uh, many followers. Um, okay. David Trone is only is worth somewhere between seventeen and sixty nine million dollars. Okay, so Delaney is worth like what one hundred and fifty million. According yeah. to this exact same thing, same source, um, his net worth is about ninety one million. John Delaney. John Delaney, yes. So basically, and Trone and Delaney, they're they're both pretty high up there. Delaney is like the third richest member of Congress, whereas Daryl Issa, who was the creator of the uh, the Viper radar system, I believe he is the wealthiest member of Congress. His uh, wealth somewhere, I think, in the four hundred million dollar range. Um, yeah. So he's up there. But well, you know, Delaney and Trone, they're both respectable. I would love to see them burn through, you know, twenty, thirty million dollars each of their personal fortunes trying to get their hundred seventy four thousand dollar a year, you know, job. I would charge them ad buys on a minor detail. And then we could go we could we could talk nice <laughs> about both of them. Just kidding. Or we we saw it out so quickly, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> oh Wow. Oh no. my gosh. Uh, no, no. Um, we we had solid advertising. Screw that. Eric, so who who's running for Maryland Republican Party leadership? There's only one who the next chairman is apparently going to be Dirk Hare, and the governor wants him in that spot. So if the governor wants him in that spot, then you know he's going to win that because Diana Waterman's not running again. Um, and then Mike Higgs is um, slated to become the first vice chair. I like Mike Higgs. He's the uh, Republican Party chairman in Montgomery County, a, a very good guy. Um, who else? There's a few in there um, that are running on a slate. They're they're running on like a conservative slate of some kind. Um, oh yeah, it's Service Club of Maryland or something like that has a slate. Something like that. But uh, I don't. I don't think. Um, you know, I, I I I I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting. I I know Maria Pika's running on that, and. Uh, she uh, she's she's there, there's a lot of Baltimore County people that are not very happy with Maria Pica for for yeah I think for reason. I, I think some of them are mad because she went down to Florida and helped out uh, Dan Bongino but uh, you know who's honestly Dan, I tell you what like I've, who's <laughs> Dan yeah, Bongino that that's what I oh. thought yeah <laughs> oh he is a Dan Bongino has a podcast I heard <laughs> yeah um, but uh, but basically. Um, I mean, I, I get, I get that some people don't like Maria, but you know, I've, I've known Maria for a few years now and honestly, sure. like she, she works her butt off. And so I can't say the same about a lot of people in the Maryland GOP. Um, so I'd rather have her in some sort of leadership position than a lot of these other folks. Um, you know, well, some people treat, you know, the, the party as a wine and cocktail party and other people treat it as like, I want to get Republicans elected. And honestly, even if I don't like you, if you work hard, I, that means that I'd, I'd rather have you in this position. So, you know, I think that uh, we're going to cover this this race. I hope our friend Joe Stefan is there on Saturday, two Saturdays from now, I guess. That would be fun. Joe is a great friend of our show. <laughs> he's going to oh, yeah. he's going to tear it up. In a few in a in a year or so from my from what I read, so I, I'm I'm looking forward to the fun that we're going to have. 
So are we going to have a little? Are we going to have a little broadcast booth or something? We're going to have Joe come on by and uh, you we? know sh- share some darkness with us. Yeah, I think we should. I mean, we have to. It would be fun, and uh, we could we could do the show live, and then we could sub, you know broadcast the pod uh, the the MP3 podcast later, and everybody I think would listen to it. Or maybe that's just wishful thinking. Eric, what do you want to end the show on tonight? What do you want to talk about? What should we? Uh, I, I I said very first we would talk about who won and who lost and and Maryland the the race. So in Frederick County, um, unfortunately, our friend Andy Rose came up short, and I'm very disappointed in that. But they really ran the gambit on her. They they slated up in a in, a, in an unofficial mm-hmm. slate, so to say, and they 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 elected the three Common Core supporters. Well, it turns out Ryan the uh, the backstory on this and the reason why the teachers union dropped like. God, what is, I think is, I mean, basically like, you know, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 into this one race is because the Frederick County teachers contract actually is up for uh, negotiation in 2017. So basically what the teachers union did is they found three candidates that would support, you know, basically expanding, you know, privileges and salaries above what Frederick County gets right now. And they found people that would, so basically they paid to get their own salary and budget increases by endorsing candidates. That's pretty much what they did. In my opinion, that should be illegal. Um, but, uh, you know, Hey, unions, I guess are, have special exemptions to like ethics or something. Um, so yeah, but I, I mean, honestly, look, Cindy made, Cindy made a good showing. She came up show, short by about 10,000 votes. I think, um, you know, she was, she had like 54,000 and the next person was 64 or something like that. She came up close, put up a good fight. That's not all you do sometimes. There was a lot, a of, lot votes. of votes. Um, if, you actually, if you actually look at the numbers, more people voted in this race than uh, um, I, any the last couple of years. Well, to amend my previous remarks regarding a Washington, the new chairman of the Washington County Republican Central Committee, um, I was a, a little blustery back there. I, I don't, <laughs> I don't hate Jerry DeWolf. I'm disappointed in that uh, he hasn't acknowledged that I'm not a democratic operative um, and he hasn't removed that, which would dis- disappointed me. Um, I, I sometimes get a little emotional because uh, when you accuse me of things, when you lie about me, I, I have a serious problem. Uh, I would sit down over a beer summit with, with Jerry and, and, and talk it out. Uh, so Please Eric, you I have to chaperone this. Don't I? Yeah, you would you would have to be the moderator <laughs> in that um, because okay. I I can I can moderate that. We should do that at the GOP convention because it's in Frederick. So I mean, like I Jerry has no excuse to not be there. Well, unless he's well, never mind. Um, so <laughs> there you go. See, good, good. <laughs> I've come a long way in one show. Uh, Eric, what else? Who won and who lost in 2016? Uh, term limits won in Montgomery County by a staggering margin. Um, I'm not proud of the person who was responsible for that movement, but term well, limits you're nonetheless. Of, you know, you're, not pr- you're not proud of the blustering asshole that took credit for the entire movement. True. Uh, there were, like I said before, there were organizations, legitimate organizations that were organizing for this ballot measure, but their movement was hijacked by this this person in Montgomery County who likes who to take credit for things that he did. He likes to take credit for things that he didn't actually do. You know, for example, um, being in the military and graduating West Point. 
Um, wow. So, <laughs> wow. Basically, yeah. um, you know, so, um, but honestly, I think, I mean, I'm, it's, there's, there's two sides to this. Number one, yeah, it's great that you'll get rid of some, you know, entrenched Democrats. But number two, let's be honest, the Montgomery County GOP does not exactly have a, a very uh, sane um, or hardworking streak in them. Um, they're going to elect, you know, basically fringe people like Gus Alzona, um, you know, people or, or Bill Hale, um, you know, who's going to run a whole campaign on basically like creating a gays only colony to, to keep the sodomite marriage people out of the general population. Okay. You know what's like, sad about Bill Hale? Gonna get. You know what's sad? And Do tell. Bill Hale is a very smart guy on some liberty issues. And I'll say this. I, I've talked to Bill Hale many times when you get him in person he's a nice guy he really is uh but people who claim to be ron paul libertarians and when they go after yeah same-sex marriage or or our 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 friends who are gay what i don't understand is is that it defies the entire concept of liberty it just i can't under i can't wrap my head around it maybe i was i yeah I just can't wrap my head around that. You know, you. It makes you, no sense. It doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, we are. This is minor detail. Is a gay-friendly show. If you want to be gay, be gay. If you want to be, you know, if if I, I don't want to. If you want to be gay, well, like there's a choice. I'm sorry. There's there's not a. I mean, Look, uh, there's no there's choice. Not a choice. I mean, but if you if if you decide that you like dudes and you're a dude, or that you like women and you're a woman. I don't care. I don't care. I'll, I'll, the, only, <laughs> the only thing I'd ask is that the only thing I'd ask is that if I'm a fashion disaster, please save me before I go in public. It's the only nope. thing that I, I don't ask even want to be saved. Friend. Don't want to be saved. I I I literally walked out of the house today, lacrosse shorts, and a Ralph Lauren sweater that I bought from the Goodwill yesterday for five dollars, and my Sperry's, and I wore a hat. We went to the Texas Roadhouse tonight. I was a hot fashion mess. And that's what I'm most com. That's what I'm most comfortable with. Like so. I'm still in my pajamas, so. Um. <laughs> thirty-one. I just turned thirty-one. Well, it's what happens when you get old. Ugh, I hate getting old. I don't want to get old. No, we're not old. Don't don't say that. Well, you're old, old and you're engaged, so that makes it even worse. To the to a wonderful woman who is going to rein me in, um, who has <laughs> yeah. done wonders. She's loved. Absolutely, she's upstairs, yeah, but, uh. she's upstairs listening. By the way, um, yeah, Eric, we got to talk about my wedding because, well, I got to talk to you offline about that. So, because I got to oh, talk to you about that. Um, what else? <laughs> what What can we What can we end cool. on that That's a good topic. Oh boy, I mean, uh, there's been. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, so I heard I heard a very interesting story. Um, I'm not going to tell you who it came from. Obviously, I like to protect my sources. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I've been I've been doing the little radio show up here in, on a, on on terrestrial radio, WTHU, um, Thor at four for everybody that's listening. Check me out on Facebook. Wednesdays four to six. So, part of what I want to do with the show was you know basically focus 100% on Frederick County. <laughs> And basically yeah. that's it. Okay, so so I, I, I built a, a wall. It's a huge wall, and I only talk about things that happen inside the wall. Okay, don't worry. Montgomery County paid for most of it. So, 
Um, <laughs> but so, of course, because you know, I've been, so I've been watching the county council meetings. I've been, you know, still covering the Brunswick, uh, Brunswick City Council, Brunswick Mayor, all that type of stuff, right? And so, of course, as part of you know covering the county, there's sometimes that I need information. Okay, mm-hmm. I need to find, I need to get information from you know the county executive, especially. Okay, because let me tell you, like. <laughs> When you want to talk about like an anti-liberty person, County Executive Jan Gardner is pretty much like the the pinnacle of anti-liberty right? okay. when it comes to any issue. Okay. Now, apparently, County Executive Jan Gardner has been very frustrated because, according to her, all of my public information act requests are bogging down her office and preventing <laughs> them from being able to do their job. What are you requested? Do you want to know? It's like. Phone records from like a, like one a one day span. Okay, I've sent in three requests in the last two months, and apparently, the county executive has chosen her staff so poorly that those three requests have ground county government to a halt. Wow. Okay. Like, can we get it? I mean, how absurd is that? It is completely how extensive. Absurd. How extensive was your request, and what what was it? expansive what did it require hours of no. research no well here's here's the easy way to tell i can tell you exactly i can tell you that it did not ryan and this is how i can tell you you know when you do a pia request and it takes more than two hours of personnel time yeah you, you they have the it. they can you have to pay for it i haven't received a bill okay <laughs> they so that means that it took less than two hours for these three requests Okay, so maximum time that these requests took me was that took the county was six hours. That's it. And apparently that was so intrusive to the good county executive that she had to complain about it and complain about, you know, these petty requests for information, which were all 100 percent valid requests for information. I'm working on a story. (laughs) I'll there'll be more to follow. But uh, yeah, apparently. This is this is the this is the fun this is what I think this is what I think's been happening, right? And we saw this, <laughs> this is actually at the presidential level. What we saw was the media had become compliant with basically Democrat candidates. Okay, you know there was WikiLeaks proving that you know basically news reporters and anchors from all sorts of outlets were actively colluding with the Hillary Clinton campaign. So to me, what I think is happening is that Democrats like. County Executive Jan Gardner think that they can just get away with not ha- with not having to be accountable because there's no press that will actually do the work to hold them accountable. I show up and I start holding them accountable and they don't know how to react. <laughs> yeah. You know, in all honesty, if if I was actually stopping the county government from working, first off, what I would do is I would send a bunch of Ron Swanson memes to the, to Winchester Hall explaining how much better off we are without government working um, with just doing nothing. Okay. (laughs) But like, if I was truly being that intrusive, then like I said, number one, either your staff suck or number two, maybe you should give me a phone call and just give me the information that I actually want instead of trying to hide it and, you know, parsing my PIA requests so much so that I have to keep requesting what I need. The thing is, is she knows what I'm looking for. She knows exactly what I'm trying to PIA around about. She knows what information I want. And so if county executive does not want me to be sending in any more PIA requests and using up all this valuable time of her staff, 
then just give me the information that I want. That's yeah. all that I ask. You know, just be honest. Saves us a well, lot of time. Let me tell you something. From a guy to a from guy to guy who likes to submit Maryland public information requests to the Washington County Public Schools. I there's they have a public information officer there. His name is Richard Wright. And Richard Wright is the ideal model for someone who is fair and as good at his job. Not just good, but Richard Wright is great at his job. I have never, ever, ever been denied a public information request unless it's it's deemed confidential or something that is not accessible to the public. Like I can't ask for something that is personnel related, but Richard Wright has always filled my public information requests timely and not just me, but everyone. Um, they should take a lesson from Richard Wright from Mar- from Washington County public schools who has filled dozens of public information requests that I've submitted. <laughs> and the information is so telling Eric, you've seen it, you know, emails that uh, Karen Harshman has written from um, ethically challenged Mike Gesford and, and other <laughs> We we get so much great news out of Washington County, don't we, Eric? They're the gift that keeps on giving. It's just it's amazing. So, um, what'd you do this weekend? Um, I made applesauce, or no, I didn't make applesauce this week. I made like a pie filling, and uh, I did something to my back that hurt so badly that I just laid on the couch all day today and caught up okay. on my DVR. I love it. I love it. I went to. Uh, <laughs> I went to work today uh, and spent three hours in the office catching up on some some work. It was very peaceful. I was able to uh, – like when nobody's in the office, no phones are ringing. Um, it was a good week at work. I got a promotion, which is, is – it's very happy. I, I love my job, and I like the people that I work with, and we are a veteran-owned organization, and it makes uh, – when you, when you have a – retired admiral leading your organization there is so much structure and it's it's regimented and you know the next step and there's our our company is growing so fast and i i love showing up to work every day and i i couldn't be more happy professionally and uh let's see last night i went out with my family to the fireside restaurant in hagerstown maryland had a little birthday dinner took the kids yet uh Paige's birthday was on Thursday we celebrated her 10th birthday uh presents were last night presents and cake and uh <clears throat> today I you know just kind of like I said went to work read the newspaper a little bit um and hung out tonight we went to the Texas Roadhouse Eric do you ever go to the Texas Roadhouse in yeah. in, in Frederick um, I have not. I haven't been to the one in Frederick before. Honestly, look again. I'm so old and cheap that I'd rather just go buy a steak than like okay. pay somebody else to cook it. I'll cook it myself and save the money. Because again, you're such a I'm cheap. You're such a curmudgeon. I I am. I really need a front porch and like sit there. If I had, I wish there was more kids on my block so I could yell at them to get off my lawn. Well, I'll tell you what's great. I smoked this cigar. Uh, if, if you're listening and you want to go to a cigar shop, check out this place in Frederick. It's called Quartermaster Cigars, and it's right behind uh, 
that family meal restaurant, and it's uh, I don't know the road it's on, but it's called Quartermaster Cigars. It's in Frederick, and great cigar shop. And if you like cigars and you like to smoke, they have a great lounge. I love it, and I polished off the cigar tonight, which is great. Eric, we had a good show. We had a great show tonight. A lot of fun. We'll be back next week with uh, a lot more. So to everybody listening, thanks so much. Y'all have a great week. Happy Thanksgiving, and God bless.